on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's Axman. Ah! Faith! ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board today. You can listen wherever you are, whatever you're doing, on the ESPN app. Download that thing. Find the Listen tab. Find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Radio, Utica Rome, and away you go, my friends. Now, the weather today in central New York, wherever you're listening today, great, because that's what the app is for. Maybe you're up at camp enjoying some time there. You're out on the way to the golf course or on the golf course. You're at your kid's soccer game, little league game. Like, you're taking a nice walk in, in the great weather wherever you are. A little, uh, little stormy here in central New York today. Cloudy and muggy, about 79 degrees as we speak. There could be some thunderstorms tonight, so it's kind of touch and go. But if you can kind of sneak out and walk the dog or something before the rain comes, the app is great for that. Take us with you wherever you go on the ESPN app. Here's how you get in touch with the show. 437-7644, the magical phone number. Get your take heard live on the radio airwaves. That's hot. Fire the hot takes at us, baby. You can also find me on Twitter anytime, Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. I would also encourage you to follow us at ESPN Syracuse as well. You can uh, find the On the Block text line at 315-288-0644. All great ways to get in touch and participate, not only while we're on the air, but anytime via Twitter and the text line. We have two guests joining us today. Excited to talk to both of these gentlemen. Perhaps you've heard the World Cup not only starts this week in this version, But the World Cup is coming back to the grand old United States of America, along with Mexico and Canada, a North American bid for the year 2026. So not the World Cup after this one, the one after that. So it goes 2018, which starts this week, 2022. And then back here in America, baby, the World Cup will return. So that's a long ways away. What will the world look like then what will soccer look like then what will maybe team usa will participate in that one because they're not in this one we're going to talk about all that and more plus a former syracuse university soccer player and a local kid who is doing big things on the national stage alex bono ian mcintyre the head coach of the syracuse soccer squad is going to join me today 
in about 15 minutes, as a matter of fact, right here in this hour. We're going to talk about all that. World Cup now, World Cup in USA 2026, and a whole bunch of soccer. Yes, talk a little football on the program today. In the 5 o'clock hour, at about 5.20, we are going to catch up with a guy that you certainly remember from ESPN, but now should find his work on The Athletic, on MLB Network, and he does a terrific baseball show called Baseball Stories. It's on Stadium TV. You can get more info on that at watchstadium.com. Jason Stark, my man, our favorite baseball writer, He's going to join us later in the show. Lots to talk about with him, what the Yankees will do to pursue another pitcher. Is there hope left for the Mets? What's up with Shohei Otani? And Jason wrote a very fascinating piece about expansion in Major League Baseball, which makes you say, A, do they need to do this? And B, if they do, where could they go? But there's kind of a C and a D and an E to that. The ripple effects on baseball. When they choose to expand, if they choose to expand, is fascinating. So we'll talk to Jason about all that. We'll do some hot takes as usual. Mike Francesa invented something else that already exists. Plus, I see a how long can I take a take. Not from Stephen A. Smith, from Max Kellerman, but there is a Stephen A. Smith apology we need to pass along to you during hot takes, so you'll enjoy that. U.S. Open getting up underway tomorrow. A reminder, I will not be here tomorrow, all right? It would be in a cool place, though, that you should be tomorrow at 6 o'clock, right when this show usually ends. That is at the Landmark Theater, downtown Syracuse, the All-CNY High School Sports Awards. It's going to be a great time. It's kind of an ESPYs-inspired event. The Buffalo Bills drumline is going to be there. Uh, we're going to get great cheerleading performances from West Genesee. It was just at the West Genesee Senior Sports Banquet last night. Thanks to everybody out there. For Mike Burns and all the great people at West Genesee for having me out there last night. I was uh, fortunate enough to be the guest speaker and got to talk to a lot of great people and always uh, love heading back to the school I transferred out of to go to Bishop Blood, right? So go Wildcats, baby. But all high schools of Section 3 represented tomorrow at this great event at the Landmark Theater. Hope to see you there as well. So I will not be here tomorrow. I will be the master of ceremonies that bought a new suit for it and everything don't tell my wife how much i paid for that by the way let's just keep that between you and i okay million dollars you're not far off you are not far off brent spent way too much on this so anyway here's what we're going to start with today I'm reminded of the uh, great adam sandler line you know you remember um the wedding singer remember when adam sandler used to make good movies so in The Wedding Singer, when his then fiance tells him that she doesn't want to get married, and there's a course of a conversation where a couple of times he says, you know, that would have been more useful to me yesterday. Well, to hear some new college football rules, some new NCAA rules, I think if you are a Syracuse University football fan, you're feeling a bit like Adam Sandler. It's good for the future. It's good that it's here, but you're kind of like uh, the timing on this, let's just say, is unfortunate. So let me give you the rules, and then I think it'll all come together for you here. Uh, as Stephen Bailey, my colleague at Syracuse.com, writes, college football players will be allowed to participate in up to four games in a season while maintaining their redshirt status starting this fall. That's according to a rule passed by the NCAA Division I Council on Wednesday, previously, only players who did not play a snap in a season or were sidelined by injury before playing 
in more than four games were generally granted red shirts by the NCAA. This legislation should allow, should allow pardon me, younger players an opportunity to receive valuable in-game experience without burning one of their four years of eligibility. Additionally, programs will have more opportunities to spread out snaps and possibly not overuse their starters. So in case you haven't put two and two together here, and I'm sure most of you have, let me just read the next part of Stephen's story because that's the first thing I thought of when I saw this rule. And I'm sure it's what most people thought of either when they saw this or maybe just heard about it now. And that is this. Looking at Syracuse, a program which third-year head coach Dino Babers routinely describes as too thin, the ruling should be especially beneficial. Last season, this opportunity may have led to redshirt players like, oh, say, I don't know, Tommy DeVito seeing playing time as they prepared to step into larger roles. In turn, the coaching staff would receive live reps to assess and go over in the film room. Now, this is not just about the quarterback, but in Syracuse's case, it comes right back to that. So there's another rule I want to get into that was passed today, which I think is great. But that two things come to mind when I read that today. One is, gee, thanks, because... We'd all like to see Tommy DeVito, in this case, or whoever it shall be, but he's the man of the hour, get some reps in garbage time because now it's four games. There is always a game or two at the beginning part of the schedule where garbage time is a possibility, right? You want your quarterback, you want key players, you want young players to get game experience. This is stating the obvious. I'm not telling anything you don't know but it's worth mentioning there's no preseason football in college football. Game one is it. It's for real. Which I'd like college football to be allowed to have maybe one scrimmage, one exhibition game, one warm-up before they get out there on the field, but it always makes it intriguing, particularly if you're a big-time program. You know, Alabama plays Florida State on opening day, and those games that we see scheduled every year to really get the college football slate off to a bang on Labor Day weekend, right? You're come, you've got all summer to prepare. That's one thing. That's the other side of it. But to come out and have to play a major opponent like that, if you choose to do it in game one, in Syracuse's case, they're going to Western Michigan, which, as we know, will not be a cakewalk in the sense that if you had to make a list of the five people on the planet, that know Eric Dungy best. Tim Lester's on it. Tim Lester's got all this time. As does Tim Doust, who used to coach here. As does Juwan Dowles, who used to play here and is now on that coaching staff. As does Stephen Clark, who's associated with that program. He can't play because of health reasons, unfortunately. But that's a heck of a lot of intel that an opposing team has on the starting quarterback for the Syracuse football team, in this case, Eric Dungy than most get. So that first game is always intriguing because of the chess match of it, the time to prepare, and if you choose to kind of go into the belly of the beast as some of the bigger programs do without a preseason game. So I read that rule, and that's the first thing I think of. The second thing I think of is, like most of us, um, why did it take this long for common sense to prevail? How come we couldn't do this before? How come we couldn't? Think about this. This was, you know, people thought about it here and last year because inevitably Eric Dungy would get hurt, and he did. 
That's the sad reality of it, that you know the starting quarterback for Syracuse the past few years isn't going to make it through the season. That's the pattern with Dungy. We'll see if that's the pattern again. But we knew Tommy DeVito wouldn't get in because they wanted to preserve his redshirt. You got out there for one play, and your redshirt's gone. That never made sense to me. I have talked about this a number of times on this show. I'm like, that has that is the most ridiculous rule I've ever heard of. You get out there in, in an emergency situation, something crazy happens, and I there are cases of it where players have had their red shirt burned because they were out there for a play or two. I'm like, how does this make any sense? But if you're a coach, as Dino has stated, Syracuse is building a program that wants to get back to being competitive in the ACC. They're not very deep. You've got a lot of freshmen who were there but couldn't get on the field. And it's not just Tommy DeVito. There's a couple other players there. But at least going forward, you can – that changes recruiting. That you know you've got a freshman that you can get out there and play as opposed to let me play the game of juggling a red shirt or getting him out there. Because you want these guys to get real game experience. And from a fan standpoint, from a media standpoint, well, we all wanted to see Tommy DeVito. The spring game was the first look we really got of Tommy in a, air quotes, competitive situation. And and that's a bowl of vanilla ice cream. It wasn't even a competitive situation. They barely let him do anything, which I don't blame him for. But, wow, so you know, it's 2018, and we finally said, you know what, we should probably change that. The other thing that came out today, which, again, is progress, and, you know, Mayor Goldie Wilson, progress is his middle name. That's not the case with the NCAA. It takes them a long time to come around on these things, and a lot of times it takes public shaming and, and, you know, public pressure for this to happen. But this makes sense, too. The NCAA took a step forward today regarding player rights in what is becoming a controversial transfer system by deciding to eliminate the permission to contact process that starts in October. Now how that works is transfer candidates previously needed permission to contact other programs. Instead, the NCAA will now create a database in which schools must input a transfer candidates information within two business days of that player filing their transfer paperwork. So to give you a Syracuse example, as Stephen points out here, at least two players have been blocked from joining the program in recent years. Running back Gus Edwards, who ended up at Miami, and wide receiver Garrick Dieter, who ended up at Bowling Green. There are no known instances of Orange players being prevented from transferring to a specific school in the Babers, uh, Dino Babers era, but at least that opens things up and makes it easier. Common sense prevails, and it's not like these things haven't been proposed. It's not like these things haven't been questioned. It's just amazing to me how long some of this stuff takes. But that's a game changer, that first rule, the freshman rule. You got up to four games to see what these guys can do because inevitably in a football season, you're going to have two or three games where you have garbage time. Hopefully it's garbage time where you have a big enough lead where you want to pull your starters out, and think about that. Dungy has not made it through a season in the last two seasons. And there were times this was under Schaefer where maybe he was in the game too long. Syracuse gets a big lead. When do you take him out? When do you not only take out your quarterback to prevent injury, but to get the young gun some experience? I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. So let's break on that note. We'll continue that discussion. 
common sense prevailing, but I want to uh, change the uh, conversation to a different kind of football on the other side. Football, if you will. The World Cup. Ian McIntyre is the head coach of the Syracuse soccer squad. He is going to join us next. The World Cup's coming back to the U.S. of A., baby. The World Cup this year starts in just a few days. He's got a player on a big national stage who used to play right here at Syracuse and so much more. We'll do it next. You're on the block ESPN Radio. Hang in there. This is On the Block with Brent Adams. That it is, my friends. Welcome back. On the Block is presented by Burdick BMW. Great to have you here. Thanks to Coach McIntyre for coming on. Good stuff from him. A lot of soccer to get But right now, hit me with that fancy opening. Because it's hot take time, baby. Not that I don't enjoy a little flock of seagulls. How about another 80s song to get it going? We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. I always uh, like it when our good friend Mike Francesa feels that uh, he basically invented everything in sports that's worth having. Like when he came back from his, you know, five-minute hiatus after the, you know, two-year-long retirement tour, he was on. He basically came back and said, you know, there's, uh, there's this app. You know, the apps are big. Uh, you got to get the app, okay? Because uh, apps are big. It's like, we, we know, Mike, right? And there, he has gone along on a show throughout the years, basically claiming to discover certain things that people already know about or, like, kind of take credit for things that he in no way, shape, or form should be taking credit for. It kind of reminds me of that scene from Dumb and Dumber when... Jim Carrey walks out, we've landed on the moon! So here's the latest example of Mike Francesa uh, feeling like he's invented something that already exists. The chance of you winning a lot with a little, they they frown on that. They don't want that. They want you to bet dollar for dollar. They really want you to pay 11 for 10 is what they want you to do. So they want that bet. They don't want this other bet, and this other bet is where the states, if they're imaginative, will make their money. I can create a game in 15 minutes for you. Like, let's say I create a game where you get to pick five players tonight in the major leagues. Right? And if your five players, based on numeric totals, have better offensive numbers for the night than any other five players, you win $50,000. And the fee is $10 to get in. People will buy that. They'll play it like crazy. They will play it all night. Uh, who wants to tell Mike that that already exists? Anybody uh, want to volunteer? Our good friend from uh, CBS Sports Radio, Mr. Moraz, is now the producer of the Mike Francesa show, so maybe we should get in touch with him, Seth, and let him know, like, Mike, um, so that, that already exists. It's called DraftKings. Right. And I believe I, I didn't see the actual like social media interaction. I just kind of saw a passing headline on Twitter that DraftKings kind of had some fun with that today. See, that kind of like, how does he not know that? How does he not know that doesn't exist? Right. It, it's amazing to me what he feels he's stumbled on. He probably got off the air and he's like, oh, I got this idea. We got to figure this out. I'm going to be rich. It's like, 
Yeah, somebody figured that out like four years ago. It's called FanDuel. How does he not know that being a football guy? Because we could not get away from the FanDuel and DraftKings commercials a couple years ago, right? It was every damn commercial on NFL broadcasts. I just love how he thinks he stumbled into something. That's hot. Guys, uh, I think I figured something out. I think we can take a phone and put a camera on it, and you can make calls, and you can send these messages to people where it's just text. It's just words, right? And you send a message to somebody, but it's not an email. It shows up right on their phone. And I think, I think if they if they do this right, you can get on the Internet, too. I think, I, I think we got something here, right? You guys, you guys, I'm telling you. There's this thing, it's a machine that, like, you want to warm something up and you don't want to use the oven, you just put it in there, you hit the button, it only takes like 30 seconds and your coffee's warmed up. Or you can make like popcorn or something. I'm like, how come they haven't invented something like this? Right? Am I right? Mike Frances is the best. When he came back a couple months ago, as much as he kind of screwed over the other show that was in that time slot, I was just waiting for more stuff like this, and we got it. So stay tuned for other future things Mike Francesa invents that already exists. That's hot. Time for another bit we love to do on Hot Takes. It's called How Long Can I Take a Take? Today's candidate is Max Kellerman from the First Take program on ESPN. So a couple of rules here, first of all. Uh, If you hear about five seconds of dead air, it means I'm getting electric shocks from Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, Number two, I have not heard this clip. That's the rule of how long can I take a take. Uh, The boys that put together hot takes select a hot take out there in the sports world. And what we do is we put the timer on. I listen to the clip and we see how long we can take a take. And this time, ladies and gentlemen, Max Kellerman of ESPN. Let's start the clock. Let's start the clip. Go. Kyrie came on this show talking about double talking a little bit, talking code. I want to blossom as a player, as, as if I'm paraphrasing and such. And my point to him was, Kyrie, time out. You have your best chance to win championships with LeBron. Obviously, he disagreed. And you know what? He wound up in a position exactly. where he was right. Mm-hmm. He has his best chance in Boston. You were with a storied franchise. You practically have the perfect team around. Okay, you we're 20 seconds. Seven of Eastern Not Conference bad. Finals without you or Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. Who in his position wouldn't say, yes, this is where I want to be? Only someone who has serious thoughts of not being there. Or else you would say, I want to be here. For that reason, Danny Ainge should be looking to move him. Not for a bunch of little parts, for something like him. Mm-hmm. Whether that's Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard or some megastar that might be available, mm-hmm. even if it's a three-team trade, mm-hmm. he needs to seriously consider that. I, I made it through the whole clip. Let's see. Stop the clock. 45 seconds. 45 seconds, kids. That's not bad. That's not bad. And I agree with that. I agree with Max Kellerman there. Kyrie Irving is, first of all, Kyrie Irving still comes back in these interviews Either he's messing with us all or he really believes that the earth is flat. And I can't take anything Kyrie Irving does, says, or acts on seriously because of that. So keep that in mind. But, you know, I think Boston is more in play for LeBron James than people give credit to. I mean, it's all in LeBron and where he wants to go and where he wants to live. There's some bad history there. They chanted some things in him in the 2012 playoffs that – uh, would not make him want to live in that city, let alone play in that city. But 
if it's about staying in the East, it's about winning championships, it's about going to play for the best coach in the NBA, not named Greg Popovich, if it's truly a basketball decision, as he claims it is, then you can't not consider Boston, right? But Kyrie Irving's probably like, I just got away from this guy. And now the possibility is there again because he can opt out of his contract. So not a bad, how long can I take a take? That's hot. A usual uh, contestant and the most frequent contestant in that is Stephen A. Smith. Now, we don't have how long can I take a take from Stephen A. Smith, but we do have this. Uh, And this is one of those cases where Brent has to tread carefully. So let's see if I have to apologize for reading a story about an apology. So here it is. It's from USA Today. Stephen A. Smith apologized during his ESPN radio program Wednesday, hours after USA Today Sports and other outlets reported his coarse response to a question posed by rapper Snoop Dogg. In the interview posted to Snoop's Double G News Network. Let me say that again. In an interview posted to Snoop's Double G News Network, which is a YouTube channel, note to self, subscribe to Double G News Network. Uh, Smith was asked which part of the female body he preferred by Snoop. And here's the part where Brent has to edit himself so I don't have to apologize for a story about an apology. Uh, Snoop asked Mr. Smith, um, he was, let's say he was given two options and was asked which one of those he preferred for, um, well, just use your imagination. Uh, Smith responded, always, always take the um, um, term that refers to the buttocks, we will say. The longtime co-host of ESPN's First Take responded, quote, I know I'm associated with Walt Disney, but everybody knows I'm a bottom feeder. That's hot. Is it? I don't know if it is. An ESPN spokesperson told USA Today Sports in an email that Smith was given permission to do the interview, which, by the way, was conducted in October. (laughs) Snoop has been a repeat guest on First Take over the years, said Smith in an apology, quote, unfortunately, I answer the question like I answer every other question very honestly and matter of factly, not thinking anything of it. Evidently, it's a big deal. USA Today is writing about it. Lord knows what other publications. It's gone viral. It's everywhere. I guess it's appropriate to apologize. The reason I say that is because of the attention it's brought to my employers, obviously, for the wrong reasons. And I have to own that. Now, here's part of what's happening. here: Stephen A. Smith, Jamel Hill a number of ESPN personalities, you know, people mine for this stuff. They look for clips. They look for things that go viral because a number of ESPN personalities have been, ooh, that was, they upped the voltage on that show. Whoa. Bristol up the budget for the electric shocks coming in. So I better wrap this up, but that was a good one. Uh, But no, ESPN personalities are targets for these things. This was in October. Somebody found it. They mined it. You put it on USA Today. It gets aggregated. It gets on the Internet. It gets on uh, Twitter. It gets on social media. And all of a sudden, you have people in this you know era of heightened awareness of Me Too and things of that nature saying, how dare you, that a man commented on which part of the female anatomy he prefers, which, look, on the air, if you will, 
that's probably not a wise thing to do. Off the air, that's what guys talk about all the time. But that's why it's called locker room talk. And certainly vulgar locker room talk from a candidate for the president of the United States exposed publicly would then remove said candidate from, what's that? Oh, he won. Oh. Yay, democracy. There you go. So Stephen A. Smith had to apologize for that. Did I do okay? Am I going to get in trouble for talking about the apology story? I think I made it through there okay. I think uh, I think your problem is that I, he doesn't go by Mr. Smith. He is Mr. A. Smith. Uh, Mr. A. Smith. Yes. Mr. A. Thank you. Yes. Real clip from ESPN's first take. That <laughs> might be my favorite button that you have on there. It's not mine, but it's close. Yay, democracy? No. The ba- uh, it's got to be this one. Dumb. Yeah. Should we do the top five? <laughs> Let, let's do it. Here are the I top have... five <laughs> things on my button bar. Ready? Number five. I think one of the top five isn't even on your button bar. We never put it on. I want to go here. Yay, democracy. Okay. Number four. Okay. Number three. Okay, Rex Ryan. Number two. The guy is drunk. And the number one thing on my button bar. Number one. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Thanks, Brent. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> Back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye.